Welcome to the Behind the Bliss podcast, where Mary Scott Mercer and Rachel Autry bring weekly conversations to encourage, inspire, storytell, and share. Each episode is designed for you to feel met in your mess and balanced in your bliss. Here's today's conversation. Hey friends, and thanks again for joining us for another episode of Behind the Bliss. This first technical episode is going to be an exciting one. Mary Scott and I decided that we needed to dedicate a few episodes to explaining to you who we are, what we love, and what we're all about so that maybe you understand our heart a little bit more moving forward. So I have the pleasure of interviewing Mary Scott Mercer, my co-host to the show. She is the best resource for figuring out how to live the best life that you possibly can, whether it's physical, emotional, spiritual. I'm so thankful to have her a friend and a part of my life because we have been walking through lots of different seasons and challenges with each other, and I can't wait for her to share a little bit more of what that's looking like. But before we start, you do need to know to listen out for the way that she's joyful among the circumstances, whether they're hard or easy, fun or not so fun. And I think it's something that we can all take away and learn from Mary Scott and the way that she chooses to live her everyday life. Well, hey, everyone. Thanks for that <laughs> sweet introduction, Rach. You're the best. You deserve it. I'm so happy to be here with you laying on my literal bed as we do this. Yeah. So that's real behind the bus for you right there. We have a microphone in front of our faces and we are literally just Turning. hanging out. <laughs> it's so great. Another thing that you should know about Mary Scott is that she has one of the greatest husbands and they have the most fantastic relationship Really, truly. I think oh, gosh. Y'all have been through a lot and you have a lot to share. So tell us a little bit about your prince, you call him. <laughs> oh, my gosh. She's saying that because in college, I set my tone, my text tone, to be Sherwood Forest, which was the ringtone so that I would always know that when my prince was texting me. This is so stupid. So Daniel and I met when we were 19, I think. Yeah, summer after freshman year of college when we were both on a mission trip to Kenya in Africa with our church. So at the time we were going to a church that was multi-site and he was at a completely different campus across the state. I was at another campus and we just happened to be placed on the same team. And ironically enough, I just, of course pointed him out instantly and thought he was very cute. And it was weird. I tell people the story and no one really believes me, but I looked back on the bus one day and I just knew in that moment that he was going to be my husband. And that sounds so cliche and stupid. And that does not mean that he thought the same thing at first. Trust me. But I literally write in my journal the next day that I prayed that God would allow me to raise the bar to Daniel. I would remember Daniel when setting the bar for who I would marry because I thought he was so great. And ironically, I still have that journal and he's now my husband. <laughs> Spoiler alert. I love it. Um. So, yeah, that was... I don't know, however many years ago. We're now 24 years old, so five years ago. Cray cray. Um, and we got married five days after we graduated from college. And he got commissioned into the United States Army in active duty. And we have been living a cray cray life since then. Um, we moved Im almost immediately to Oklahoma where we lived in a Holiday Inn Express for six months. <laughs> Honestly, began our marriage there, and looking back, it was honestly the sweetest thing in the world. Um, and then we moved to Savannah, Georgia, where we live now, and Daniel's actually currently deployed. So 
Um, lots of change. Lots of change. Always something going on and always something crazy going on and lack of consistency always. How have you tried to make a routine within the lack of consistency? Well, I think the biggest thing that's helped me is just surrendering the idea of control totally. That's good. And I tell people this a lot, but I think that we are all under the illusion that we have more control than we do. And obviously we don't because we're humans, but this lifestyle has forced me to just like stop trying completely. And I'm kind of grateful because I am a control freak by nature. So it sort of just allowed me to surrender that. Um, And then also I would just say that being really intentional about how we do spend our time together from, um, you know, day dates to even like honestly staying in counseling since being married and continuing counseling since premarital counseling has been huge. And so, yeah, it's just, it's been a wild ride. <laughs> but currently, Daniel is deployed and I am in another crazy situation where I'm living with another military wife and her baby. And we're just trying to do this crazy thing together while her husband's gone as well. So it's nuts. And I love that you mentioned counseling because my dad joked, but he'd always say, you're either in counseling or you're in denial. Because hey, that is so freaking true. So true. But like you have to figure out why your good days are good and your bad days are bad. Doesn't mean that you're going because every day is bad. No, gosh. And I would say, I mean, I started going to counseling almost eight years ago when my mom passed away. And now I just sort of get to go for fun. And it's more like a friend and a prayer partner and someone who pushes me to truth and allows me to see tendencies that I have in, in my heart and... um allows me to see how I can invite God into the moments and my tendencies that are um, unhealthy mm-hmm. and allow others to, to see similar things. It's been super helpful for me since being in counseling for so long to be able to um, honestly help people get there in their minds as well. Does that make sense? Where I guess it's just easier to ask intentional questions and those things have been really, really crucial for our marriage. And I honestly don't know if we'll ever stop going to counseling. That's <laughs> I, amazing. I just kind of feel like at some point I'm going to do something in my future child's life that is going to send them to counseling. And <laughs> we just need to go ahead and start saving for college and also start saving for counseling. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, and I just, I think that we're honestly entering into a time in our culture where it's becoming more widely accepted that counseling isn't this taboo thing and that's really exciting to me exciting and healthy yeah so you mentioned your mom passed away and I'd love to hear a little bit more about your grieving process what that looked like for you where you are now if Daniel plays a role in that what does that look like currently mm-hmm. yeah well lots of things so without going into all the details I always kind of had a sick parent and I think Rachel this is really similar to your story and we can go into that um at another time but I always knew my mom to not be a hundred percent somewhere along the way without going into too much detail she got to a point where she was in the hospital for almost a year and was on like in need of a double lung and heart transplant and yada 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 and then ended up passing away when I was 17 due to transplant organ rejection. So grieving has been really interesting. So I, because I think I had a lifetime or at least eight years of more mature childhood to process the idea of my mom dying, I got to grieve her over time. And that allowed 
her death to yes be extremely sad and a lot of things that come with that like I feel like there was grieving the loss of a childhood that I didn't necessarily get to have in a lot of ways or grieving the loss of a parent and grieving the loss of them not being there and the future and stuff like that but I think that in a lot of ways I'm grateful for a grieving process we had even before she passed because I have so many people I know who suddenly lost their parents that didn't have that opportunity. In a lot of ways, my mom dying was a an exhale in a way that felt like a release and healing for everyone. Like it was ultimately healing for her because she was finally in the arms of the Savior and healing for us in the sense that like, we knew she was feeling better. So it's been interesting now, now that you ask about Daniel and that because Daniel's dad is suffering from three years of brain cancer. And it's been interesting to see and honestly be grateful for the fact that I've already done this before. So I can come along my husband who has no idea what this is supposed to look like. Um, and so we, we always say I'll never forget when Daniel realized what was happening with his dad for the first time and he called me and was like wow I didn't know how this felt for you until now mm-hmm. and I'm so I'm new just, appreciation yeah. yeah and it was so sweet because I do feel like he was able to understand me in a new way but also grateful for the fact that like I had done this before and so it makes it feel like there's a little bit more purpose behind it while I, I think it's hard when you do go through tough things like this because you feel like people come to you thinking that you should have the answers and you should know what to say and there really is still no words to say because no matter how much you go through, and honestly, I and this is something I still work through with counseling stuff, but like feel numb to a lot of that. Um, I'm grateful for the fact that I am allowed or have been given the opportunity to come alongside you know, my family as in Daniel's family in this season and just really encourage Daniel to do things that I maybe couldn't do or that I did do as he processes just the changes in his family and his dad and all of that. So well, has your mother's death and her sickness and just her being ill a lot of what you knew of her, does that affect the way that you live your life now and the lifestyle that you may choose now that you have a responsibility of your own body? Oh my gosh, yes. And like I said earlier, I do kind of find myself to be a health connoisseur. And I would also say, like, despite my mom, I've always been someone to struggle with body image and just health, like a healthy view of the body and of body image things, you know, like most women. Um, And I think it's been interesting now being an adult, knowing that I am in in my childbearing years. And no, I do not have any children and I'm not... (laughs) currently pregnant with any children no but knowing that like I am in that season of life where this could be my future it does put a different kind of weight on the fact that I had the best mom in the world but I didn't get to have parts of her because of health reasons and there's parts of me that has more control over that and so for your own children for my own children so I've actually been I'm meet with a holistic doctor in town just to deal with some digestive issues and we've literally dedicated the next two years of my life to be the healthiest of my life because they are my childbearing years but I like attaching that learning to attach why you do what you do for any reason but specifically health related reasons to something bigger than to lose weight or mm-hmm. to look good it's to to say I 
care about this because I care about my future children. I want to be able to be a mom that my mom couldn't be for me, not because she didn't want to, but because she literally couldn't. And I have the ability to really do something about that. Wow. I think it's so cool what you said we have an opportunity to kind of steward our body the way that we've been called to steward it. Because, well, and it's biblical. And it's biblical. <laughs> I had a friend tell me one time, if you were given one car for the rest of your life and you couldn't trade it in, sell it, or buy a new one, what kind of oil would you put in it? Would you put gas in it exactly when it needs to? You would change and rotate the tires as frequently and often as it needed to because it was your one and only car for mm-hmm. the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh my goodness, do I treat my body the same? Probably yeah. not. No, and it's super convicting. I don't know. It's just I feel like it's been really important to attach it to something bigger than bigger than myself, I guess. It's, it sounds cheesy, but that's a little bit about me. You can find me doing all the crazy things probably. I am like a closet hippie, and I hope that's not offensive to anyone. <laughs> so what's been your favorite meal that you feel like fills you up, but you still look forward to eating that you feel like is pretty practical for anybody? So I'm – a huge fan of Kelly Levesque and she has a book that we can link in our show notes called Body Love and it has a really revolutionary way of approaching food that I think is the most practical way um, to maintain healthy living and she's created a food combination called the Fab Four and basically it's fiber, fat, protein, and greens and so an idea of this would be like eggs and some spinach and some avocado And that meal would just keep you full for a really long time. So I would say my favorite go-to meal, well, it would definitely be some version of that combination because it would keep you full for four to six hours and yada, yada, yada. It's very fun. You should definitely look up the book. I am just kind of like, I don't think I miss my calling, but I think I could go back and take some dietitian classes or nutritional classes and be in my prime. If you could tell your... 17 year old self or even just a teenage self focus on this when it comes to loving your body well what would it be like one piece of advice Mm. eat real food honestly eat real food and maybe move your body a little bit that's about it (laughs) no but really if you think back to what we ate in our college dorm room or in our college cafeteria what part of that was real or the fact that we just had access to a bunch of fake stuff. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't cool to eat healthy, which is really sad to me because you would think it would just not have such a nasty rap because it's quote unquote not fun. And I don't believe that it. it can't be fun. Mm-hmm. I think you love this stuff. And I also love that you're so knowledgeable about it. Y'all, Mary Scott is the girl I go to if I have questions about what I'm putting in my body or I need a new cookbook or protein powder, whatever. I'm just she's such a girl. junkie. I'm just a junkie. Yes. Well, she's a sponge and she's willing to learn. That's what I love. Okay, Mary Scott, if we had to pick up a cookbook or if we wanted to learn more and we were eager about this knowledge. I would pick up Body Love. It's the easiest read and it's sciencey in an understandable way. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I was never good at biology. Forget it. No, that's why I literally didn't let myself become a nutritionist because I said I couldn't deal with the organic chemistry. And now you have a podcast. And now I can talk about whatever I want. (laughs) (laughs) I'm dead. Okay, so besides being a co-host on a podcast, an incredible wealth of knowledge of food and all things self-love, what else do you do with your time and who else do you serve? Okay, so on top of all of that, 
I am a content creator and social media team member at Proverbs 31 Ministries. Um, I got hired in a very random and cool way to start um, serving under Lisa Turkers on her team as an assistant. And Proverbs graciously just extended um, a remote position for me to continue working for them despite our continual moving around thing with Daniel's lifestyle and it's been the biggest blessing ever. So basically that means I transitioned from that assistant role to slowly taking on roles on our social media team at Proverbs and from there it's turned into kind of creating some content and interacting with our followers and doing customer service related things and getting to do some traveling and it's just really fun so it's a great constant for me and a great just source of community and I'm excited to have a lot of women that I work with honestly on the podcast for you guys to hear from too so it's been really great to work in such an uplifting environment and to be able to just you know be a sponge like you said earlier under such incredible leadership that's where you can find me on my quote-unquote day job so that's your day job and Daniel like you said is in the army and he's currently deployed what does that look like for you back home and what does that look like for him and y'all's marriage yeah Hmm. well I'm currently 10 and a half weeks into a nine-month deployment so I feel like we're in actually in a good place but for me I moved in with a friend whose husband is also deployed in the same place as my husband and they're some of our closest friends and it's just been such a random hidden surprise um from God that I would be given such an amazing tiny little community of military spouses that I've gotten to do life with and it's so true what they say and I think you and I feel this way in our friendship and just anything that you go through hard with someone you just have a special bond with and I've really found that to be true in this community specifically and I don't think I would have ever thought that um mainly because I never thought this would be my life um (laughs) I did not sign up for this (laughs) yeah (laughs) so here we are um But marriage and deployment, you know, I said to Dana the other day in the moment of frustration that I didn't know how to have a FaceTime marriage. And there, (laughs) there, there is definitely moments of just like, I can't believe this is happening, but also, wow, God has really sustained this and provided for us in ways that I really couldn't dream of. And I was talking to Shay, my roommate, and being, we were just giggling over the fact that like, we're two women living in a house with a two-year-old and she's pregnant and th- we were making a dog and a dog who continues to escape our house and you know all just the crazy things that are coming alongside um us in this season and being so flabbergasted by it but like also just blown away that the timing just happened to work out that we had each other in the season or the timing just happened to work out that she would find out she was pregnant the day her husband left that's exactly a nine-month deployment or just how perfectly God has hand-picked each of us to walk alongside this with each other and so you know the boys have each other all the way 7,000 miles apart and we have each other and I don't know, honestly, a lot of days what this is supposed to look like, but I think the biggest, honestly, the biggest thing that's helped me and Shay and just anything, I guess you could take this for any hard season is like, just like in Exodus 16, when God told the Israelites to look up, look up every single day and I will rain down manna from heaven for that day, Mm -hmm. but you are not to carry anymore just for today. And I 
have honestly just really tried to do that. Like I, just like I today, I can't, I honestly can't bear the weight of looking 10 weeks from now or two weeks from now because it seems too scary to think that we would have had that much more time apart or I have that much more to go. And I think that's just how God has created us to live our life. And so the manna for the day, like that has kind of been the quote, quota for me, like just the manna for today, just the manna for today. I love the idea of manna too. Manna is the coolest thing. And whenever I feel like I read about it and studied it before, it also expires. So like, sure, you can remember how good the manna tastes yesterday, but you can't live off yesterday's manna today. Mm. Like you have to search for the new manna today and like the new beauty rather than just living off of the manna from a week ago. You know, and it kind of forces and you to be like, like his mercies are new every morning. Every like, morning. That's so good. And they're specific. So I would say that's been the saving grace for us or for me, at least in this. Amazing. Man, well, you're doing incredible. Oh, thanks. <laughs> hey, I have a lot of extra time to do stuff like make a podcast. <laughs> I, love it. I know. I'm like, thank you, Daniel, for letting me have your wife. I'm dying. This oh. is hilarious. Well, Friends, I hope that you've loved hearing from Mary Scott and all of her wisdom and where she is in life now. And maybe even you're in a similar position and you've felt a little bit more encouraged just from hearing her share her heart. She is amazing and incredible. And I would love for you to get to know her even a little bit more by visiting BehindTheBlissPodcast.com. And under the About Me tab, you can read more about Mary Scott and even see what she looks like. Because I feel like People have radio voices, you know? Yeah, you can put a face with a name. Yes. I hope it's a good one. Oh my gosh, I hope it matches in your mind. I'm dying. Well, we are so thankful that you are here and you listened. And I can't wait to share a little bit more about Mary Scott and myself through future episodes. So thanks so much for listening to this episode of Behind the Bliss.